Another episode of the Nassiman Hockey Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Writers Podcasting Network. I am one of your co-hosts, James Nichols, and as always, I'm here with my good buddy, John Zello. What's up, pal? Nothing much. Long couple days. Yeah. Happy to talk about some hockey. Yeah. I'll try to make it a short and quick one tonight, but uh, thanks to everyone who joined us on Twitch. You got a little bit of a different show Yeah. Uh, after some technical difficulties, but uh, still a really good time. Cool interacting with some people and hope to see that grow. Yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you were also on our Skype call, don't worry. It will sound like this next time. We just had a few technical issues, and uh, I figured it all out. It's all good. It's not John's fault. It's mine. But, hey, we're good to go now. So uh, let's have some fun with the recorded version tonight, um, and hopefully next week you guys will follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Hockey, and you guys can check out the live show. Um, and if you'd like, on your commute to work, listen to the recorded version as well. Up to you. So... Uh, let's talk about the regional divisions that were proposed, uh, rumors about what's going to happen. Um, there are regional divisions, the, and like we said yesterday, um, the Metropolitan Division largely stays the same, not much changes there. Um, but there is a Canadian division, which is really interesting because it's all the Canadian teams in one division. Um, it looks pretty interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on the Canadian division? Uh, I, so I first saw this, uh, and... I, I first saw this through the World Hockey Report on Twitter um, and then heard kind of a follow-up report by Chris Johnston and Eric Engels, both of Sportsnet, who discussed this um, on the Steve Dangle podcast, and mostly due to the Canadian division needing to kind of exist in its own bubble due to border restrictions. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't see that changing. Um, the more that I'm paying attention to different things, um, through some work that I'm doing right now, it seems like things are going to be closed for for some time. Um, you know, domestically, forget about trying to do things internationally. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you would need to have that two week quarantine, similar yeah. to going into the bubble this year. Um, I think the the interesting part would be that the 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 Islanders would kind of be playing a lot of games against. Um, their rivals, which might which be good awesome. for kind of reviving a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and everyone got better. Nobody in the Metropolitan got worse. Um, even the, the Devils and the Rangers got better. Um, everyone's kind of a contender. Uh, the Penguins, Flyers, uh, Blue Jackets, and Carolina were all legitimate playoff teams, and the Capitals. Um, yeah, and like I said, the Rangers and Devils got better, so it would make for some interesting uh, NHL hockey going into the season. Um, it would definitely be shorter, I think. That's that's kind of what I'm also seeing is you know 50 or 60 games. Um, the thought right now is February 1st, despite the commissioner's thought to get the season going on January on January 1st. So. Um, yeah, it seems like some things are up in the air, maybe some trial balloons to see what the feelings were for some people. And um, I really haven't seen anything largely against it. No one's coming out and calling, you know, for people's heads for um, possibly proposing this kind of thing. So um, maybe so far so good. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, to your point on the uh, different possible start dates, you know, they, they did declare 
January 1st as what the target is at the draft. Um, but, you know, funny enough, I was listening to David Pagnota on a podcast the other day, and he had, you know, mentioned, um, you know, that, yes, they have that as the projected start date, but they have plans for January 1st, January 15th, February 1st, February 15th, March 1st, March 15th. So it's not just, you know, one plan that they're trying to go after. There's multiple plans here, and although they did say, uh, January 1st is the projected uh, target, it's not necessarily going to be set in stone as January 1st. So um, I, I wouldn't count on it just yet. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it, it very well could be pushed back, uh, you know, 15 days, 30 days, a month, or even two. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, like I said before, though, with the with the realignment, um, the Metropolitan stays the same mostly, which is uh, kind of cool. Um, it's even cooler that all the Canadian teams get their own little bubble. I think it'll be, uh, interesting to see how those matchups play out. And I, like you said before too, like it, the, the rivalry thing, I'd love to see us play the Rangers more, the devils more, like it's going to be fun. And everybody did yes, get better. So it'll be, uh, it'll definitely be a tough road for them. Yeah. I don't think it definitely doesn't make anything easier, right. um, even in a shortened season, but it would be cool to have Sorokin versus Shosturkin a whole bunch of times. Yeah. to to really spark that um, a lot of good young players on the Rangers a lot of good young players on the Islanders um, we really could revive something great here and um, you know I I hope they meet in the playoffs at some point um, as deep as they can I think they'd have to be specific very specific seeds to meet and say the Eastern Conference final or something um, but it would be fantastic to have that I think it's just good for hockey in New York yeah that would um, you, be you probably get a lot of kids motivated to play and um, keep the sport growing and, and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, spotlight shines its brightest on New York sometimes. So yeah. great when both those teams do well. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, speaking of a, a bright shining spot, uh, the spot is often sh- shown on uh, Toronto, and they made some uh, pretty pretty good moves for, for their team. Uh, they signed Joe Thornton, uh, Zach Bogosian, and Wayne Simmons. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs just acquired three pretty uh, – grizzled veterans here um and not that i think that you know they're going to push the needle in terms of skill um but they're gonna push the needle for them in terms of experience and know how to win um far too often you saw the leafs uh you know score eight goals but you also score you know saw them saw them give up nine so it was like and and I'm exaggerating a little bit, you know. It could be, you know, they you know, winning or losing games eight to six. It was very common right. for them to to do that. Their the the team chemistry or will to to want to win was not always there. Right. Yeah. So you know, Bogosian makes them a little tougher. Simmons makes them a lot tougher. Um, not that I think that Simmons has too much left in the tank, but nobody really wants to you know go toe to toe with Simmons. He's he's uh, tough to play against. Bogosian brings that cup experience. You know, he just came off winning a cup with Tampa Bay, so that's pretty big for them. And Joe Thornton is Joe Thornton. You know, whether he plays on the third or the fourth line, he's still going to produce, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they, they're they looking at the past few Stanley Cup winners and the contenders and, and looking at um, the fact that they can't just win with pure skill. they got exactly, to have a little yeah. bit more sandpaper in there. And that's it's a little bit of an old-school view, but playoff hockey is often a little bit different. It's a little bit tougher. People are laying it on the line, and if your team isn't full of guys that are going to do that, you're going to struggle. And you know the Islanders had 
four lines and three pairs of D that were going to go out there every single night and and give it their all and leave it on the ice. And you saw how far it took them. Yeah. Um, the Islanders' style and the players bode well for them in the playoffs. The the Leafs did not. You know, they right. were going to be the third seed in that division um, and with Tampa and Boston, and they were going to get matched up with the second seed because they were the third seed. And it was going to be Boston or it was going to be Tampa. Uh, if they dropped any lower, you know, you really don't want that to be, you know, a wild card playing the top seed of the other division. Um, but they, you know, it just made me think, you know, I put this in in our little, in our talking point, just to kind of juxtapose that with the Islanders and, and to show that teams are kind of catching on to just make the playoffs, but build your team for the playoffs and for that deep run yeah, um, full of tough guys that, that either know how to win, they have the experience. Um, people are going to listen to Joe Thornton in that locker room. Yeah. Um, Bogosian is a gnarly dude. Simmons, I think, was injured. Um, I was kind of hearing some things that he's healthier now than he was going into last season. Right. So maybe the last year or so. It's kind of like Bogosian. Don't think of him as a defender from when he was on the Sabres because they were terrible. <laughs> think of him kind of wherever he was playing after that. So I think Simmons on the Sabres... Um, Maybe catch a theme here. Don't, you know, O'Reilly, all those guys, don't think of them how they were on the Sabres. Maybe yeah. think about them how they were uh, prior to that. Um, Simmons got kind of got um, a raw deal in, in Philadelphia. I really wish he stayed there. He kind of fit that style. And definitely uh, maybe injuries caught up or whatever, and they were too expensive. But, you know, he moved around. I believe he was on Nashville for a cup of coffee, and then he yep. was on the Devils, and then he got traded to... Uh, Buffalo as well, and he took a little bit of a pay cut to go home. So it's great to see that. You, I love those stories. Yep. Um, other than the one that um, <laughs> hurt the Islanders, or, uh, so maybe maybe not so much. Although you know, and so somebody asked us on the last show. We're going a little off script here. So someone asked us, even as a joke. Yeah. How do you still? How do you feel about this guy? And um, I think you, we, you and I even spoke about, um, you know, how do we feel about that now after two years and all that. You know, would we be a better team if he was still there? Does all this kind of still happen? And I think the answer is I don't really care. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's all conjecture and hypothetical. Yes, I guess Lou was already there. Trotz was in there by the time he he signed in early in on July first. Um, so maybe they really turn around and this team is kind of on another level. Um, I think I'd rather, you know, what we've seen from a lot of other teams is that they're really deep. The teams that win Stanley Cups are deep. And, you know, the Islanders and Dallas were really, really similar. Um, I like that they can roll four lines. I like that they're strong up the middle. I don't know that, you know, yeah. You, all right. I'll say this. You're a better team with, with John Tavares on your team. Right. They would have been You're better, better with John it's, Tavares. Yeah. So, I, I mean, on, on paper anyway, but it seems, you know, Pajot came in and and really just balanced that lineup I so totally well. I agree. Totally agree. And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they're the same. Because you don't get to sign Pajot if you have Tavares on there they're for not the same. a $10 million dollar deal. It's not the same. They're not even the same player. I'm just saying like the cost, right? You can't then add other pieces that you needed to add. So maybe they can't afford to bring in a Komarov that was, you know, really, really good. Or um, a Filpola for, you know, like... I don't know. They seem to figure it out. Lou is really good at his job. He's a Hall of Fame GM. True. Uh, so, 
hard to say. I know it was a joke, um, but it's it's worth saying. You know, the team is really deep with what they have, yeah. and we'll talk about oh, you know possible additions and things later. But um, just when, when we bring up the Leafs, JT's bound to come up, and um, I, I frankly don't know. I don't know that it's really worth diving into anymore. Uh, whether or not they'd be better, or not. It, it's they've had a great run the last two years. I, I don't know that it matters anymore. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say about it is they would be better with him on paper. Uh, but, you know, people, when they say, how do you feel about the situation? Um, I just wish that they, he, you know, if he knew he was going to leave, then he should have let us, you know, move him for assets. But, you know, apparently he didn't know and it was last minute thing, you know, walking around the pool, this and that and the other thing. We heard the whole uh, spiel. So, uh, you know, not really mo- too much more to say about that. You know, John Tavares is a leaf, uh, a maple leaf now and. You know, the Islanders have the best center core they've had in years. So, uh, and I'm not, not because he left, but because they went out and did what they had to do. So, um, getting back to the Maple Leafs, not named John Tavares, um, they actually moved on from uh, Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen. Um, but despite that, they get a little bit deeper with those acquisitions of Thornton, Bogosian, and Simmons. So, uh, the Leafs will be yeah, a little Another bit- tie... Another tie-in with that is that you know they gave up players they didn't want to to bring in right. players that they needed. Yep. And I think again, Taves. That's a very similar thing. Sorry if you were going to say that. I interrupted no, you. No, yeah, it's fine. But that that's you know that's the uh, the same idea. Exactly. So, uh, GMs are kind of doing that. That's this is this is what's going on. Hopefully, again, we'll talk about hopefully what moves Lou can make and uh, going into the next season and the next two seasons rather. Um, but yeah, they they didn't. They probably didn't want to do that. Those aren't two guys you necessarily want to trade. Um, so they made a really hard decision, just like Taves. And, um, you know, a, another really good team now in the East with the Leafs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some other notable moves. Another team in Canada made a, a, a pretty nice signing. The Ottawa Senators signed Evgeny Dadanov to a three-year, $15 million contract with a $5 million AAV. Um, and that's just a good signing for them, I think, you know. They draft the German kid, uh, Tim Stutz, Stutzle. Um, I was, I've been saying Stutzle. I'm pretty sure it's Stutzle. Um, and I, I think that's a, a great move for them for, you know, a, a, another guy who is from Russia uh, to mold the, the young kid coming in. Um, and, and don't look now, but, you know, Ottawa doesn't look too, too bad after now having Matt Murray, Evgeny Dadnov. Um, I, I, I hear the... Um, situation with declare he could circle back to them um but we'll talk about that a little bit later too um but you know ottawa is is not too bad now on paper you know i always like brady kachuk he's pretty good so with dadnov and and uh i forget their first line center's name um but i either way they're they're not i don't know they, they keep trading them so i don't that's know true right the centers are <laughs> yeah so but you know they're they're not too bad i mean they're they're not gonna make the playoffs or anything this year but they're starting to to trend in the right direction finally um you know more than you can say for uh unfortunately the red wings uh they they just keep getting worse somehow but evgeny dad now to the senators for three years um good signing by them that was a, that was one of the the islanders targets um maybe not so much the organization but you know islander fans um so you can scratch that one off the board um evgeny dad enough to the ottawa senators moving on to the blackhawks um Interesting news came out yesterday, you know, and, and this is all got, got to do with what I think happened, uh, you know, 
as soon as they traded Brendan Saad. Uh, Saad goes to the Avalanche for uh, Nikita Zadorov and... Then there were comments that came out uh, from actually Jonathan Taze, who doesn't do too much media, and he basically says, no one told me that we were in rebuild mode. And slowly but surely, you started to get the sense that things are not going so well in uh, in Chicago. So uh, sure enough, yesterday they you know sent a message to their fans, much like the Rangers did a couple of years ago. Hey, we're declaring a rebuild. Um, but they also declared that they will not be trading the core four in Taze, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook. Um, but the message was, quote, the intention isn't to move them, unquote. So to me, it sounds like we're rebuilding. We're not looking actively to trade Taze, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook. But if something comes along that we think fits our needs, sure, we'll move them. What do you think? I think that they're saying they they don't want to trade those core four guys because they can't trade those guys. Their Very contracts possible. are, you know, um, even even Calvin DeHaan has has a pretty big cap hit yeah. uh, at at four and a half. But you know, Duncan Keith's at five and a half uh, and and some change. Um, and those other guys, you know, the even even DeBrincat's at six, almost six and a half, but. You know, ten and a half each for Kane and Taves for the next three years. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like they just signed a five-year deal and you still you're you're hanging around with these guys. Um, they've been on the team for a long time. They have a lot in the tank. They're thirty-one and thirty-two. They're not going to yeah. drop off immediately in the next year. But it really puts a huge it, it handcuffs the organization um, right. to be able to make moves. So I don't think. Um, I know a part of them may not want to move them, but I really don't think, especially right now, that there's there's no teams that, um, you know, the 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 Blackhawks don't want to retain salary for guys that aren't playing for them because they don't really have the cash to outlay, um, which is the same problem with teams not taking on contracts for guys and moving things around and all that. Just like there's just not enough cash to go around in the league, um, and there's not enough cap room. So both of those yep. problems kind of compound things. Um, yeah, you're right. If if they could move them, I'm sure they do. If they can get better, any GM is going to do that. Um, they have trade protection and and all that stuff. So um, they also didn't re-sign Crawford, who's now on New Jersey, right? Which is great for Blackwood. Um, I think that's a great signing for them. Uh, kind of teach the kid. He doesn't have all the pressure on him. He can kind of learn from somebody that's won won in his cups and um, has a ton of experience. Um, but that's another guy from that core that just isn't there anymore. And, um, you got to wonder how much longer the, the GM, um, has there in Chicago. Um, how long the fact that he's won the cups, uh, means to the organ, the owners, um, before, and to the fans before they kind of turn on him. So it's an interesting situation. I, I, I will say also that it's a ballsy freaking move to say that you're in a rebuild. Now it's also twice as ballsy to not tell your captain that you're doing it or at least well, not have the same understanding of what that is. Correct. But as a, as a franchise to do it, um, just like the Rangers did, as you mentioned, that's, that's tough. I mean, you almost don't want to do it because you, you know, fans aren't necessarily going to be in the seats anytime soon, but you want to be able to keep fans interested and not wait for you to be good again. Um, that was the problem in Chicago. That was the problem on Long Island. That was the problem in a lot of other cities where uh, when the team's not good, people don't show up. 
and the people that do are booing and you don't want that makes it not a fun place to be. Um, you know, when the Coliseum was leaking and, you know, your only star is Ziggy Palfi and you trade him and then all you got Trevor Linden. Not great. <laughs> not a good look. No, not the best. Um, you trade Longo and all this stuff like, uh, yeah, no one wanted to come to Long Island. It was no surprise. Um, so hopefully Chicago can, you know, rebuild and retool on the move. Um, that's probably what their intention is ultimately, but, you know, and these guys have a little bit more in the tank. Maybe they can put a couple guys. You know, Debrinkat's really good. There's another young kid, uh, Kubelik. Um, he's got a couple of years left uh, at almost four million. But no, he, he um, just signed that deal. He he signed a two year deal, and he just signed. I mean, he's and he's worth it too. Twenty five years old. Yeah, um, scoring a bunch of goals. Uh, Debrinkat, same thing. So they got uh, and they still have to still they, too. They do have to resign Dylan Strom. Um, yeah, it's. Um, it's an interesting situation there. You, you know, sure. the thing is, I think that the Blackhawks have some of the pieces already um, to build off of to accelerate this rebuild. And if they took, you know, if Stan Bowman took anything out of the Rangers playbook, it was make the right moves. And, you know, the, the Rangers made all the right moves and, and they put that uh, rebuild in, in fast forward. Um, they're going to contend maybe as soon as this upcoming season, as much as, you know, you Islander fans might hate hearing that. It's just... It's just true. Um, so, you know, if they start with Strom, Debrinkit, Kubelik, those are some young guys where if you make the right move or two where you can get a uh, some sort of your own version of a, a, an Adam Fox and then maybe make a good signing like the you know Panarin signing for the Rangers, it might not be too difficult to, quote-unquote, retool that team, rebuild that team, um, all while still having, uh, by the way, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze on the team. Now, was Jonathan Taze who he was a couple of years ago? No, but he's still Jonathan Taze, and he's still going to play his heart out night in and night out, and you would be happy with him on your second line on any team. So the Blackhawks do reclare, uh, declare a rebuild, but uh, you know it, it could move as quick as it did in New York for the Rangers on Broadway, so uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know... I wouldn't go go crazy thinking, uh, you know, Lou Lamorello is going to be on Stan Bowman about acquiring a Patrick Kane. It's not going to happen. Um, it wasn't going to happen before they tweeted out that they're not, you know, going to sell the, the core for. It's not going to happen now. They can't make that money work. It's too much. And I know people are going to tell me they can move salary and, and take some salary back. And I get it. Lou Lamorello is not going after Patrick Kane. It's not happening. Uh, if they're no, go even if through. they retained half of the salary, the cap, the Chicago Blackhawks currently have a little more than five million dollars left. They right. still have to re-sign Strom, as you said. Then next year they have a number of RFA's and UFA's um, on the front end and in the back end. Um, they will eventually need to get an actual goalie. That's not right. Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia. Um, <laughs> you know, one of maybe one of them could be your backup. But you can't can't go forward with two. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if the they goalie have... carousel happy this year. So unless maybe Lundqvist gets his year in Washington and maybe moves on, or Chicago's moving in the right direction, I doubt any good goalie is going to want to go to Chicago in the next few years unless they get their shit together. I don't so, know if they have something in Chicago uh, on Subban where they kind of know that maybe he could take the reins because I think that's what you know they were getting at they signed him to that two-year extension and i think he's gonna be their starter 
Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe he plays himself into the equation. I know he was a high draft pick and, uh, you know, he by, was, Bo- by Boston, I believe yeah, he was supposed to secede, uh, Rask at some point they, they, they left him unprotected or did he get traded to Vegas? He wound up in Vegas somehow. Then he's now he's with, you know, the Blackhawks as part of the, uh, the, the Leonard deal. So, uh, Subban will be taking uh, the net for the Blackhawks. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of moving parts over in Chicago, but one of those moving parts—he's the starting goalie. Yeah, no, he's the starting. And he's goalie. never he's never played more than twenty-two games in a season, and the other guy has eighteen games of experience. Right, and in I'm the not NHL. sure. I'm not sure if that's you know Yikes. Bowman, you know, tanking for the first overall pick. I don't think that's really a thing, especially with. You know, the way we saw the Rangers move up two years in a row now, it, it's just, it's a crapshoot. You know, it, it could happen to anyone. They Anybody can lose the first overall pick. You know, it, it's just, I don't see him, you know, trying to, to play his way into the first overall pick. But I, I could see him saying, if it works, great. If it doesn't, we're rebuilding. So we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of moving parts, like I said, in, in Chicago, but one of those moving parts will not be Patrick Kane to the Islanders. So hold your horses on that. Um, speaking of moving parts, there was an article that came out the other day. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. It's almost not worth addressing this. It's but it's almost not, but, but we have to just so that we can we can put it to rest. We're we're gonna put it to rest here. Eagland of the hockey buzz put out this article stating that Patrick Laine will is guaranteed to get traded by the Winnipeg Jets, which I, I still don't believe. But, uh, you know, it's possible, but I'm not going to say it's a guarantee. Uh, and it followed up with, uh, and, and it's possibly for Matt Barzell from the New York Islanders. It's just simply not true. It's not going to happen. There's no way you take a franchise player like Barzell to trade him for a, a very good elite player in Patrick Laine, but Patrick Laine doesn't make the team any better. Matt Barzell makes the team better. Why trade for a first-line sniper when you don't have a first-line center to pair him with? It's just simply not true. Matt Barzell's not going anywhere. He wants to be an Islander. Uh, he'll either sign a bridge or a long-term deal, and if he signs that bridge, his long-term deal will come later. So putting it to rest, Matt Barzell will not be in any other jersey for at least the next 3 to 10 years, 11 years. Unless he gets traded for some yeah, ridiculous I, package and and something that you know some unfortunate twist of fate where the Islanders go in, in a downward spiral and they need to do another rebuild, I doubt that happens. But Matt Barzell will not be in another jersey for the next three to eleven years. Yeah, I see a lot of this core wanting to see their work through. So I I, I have a feeling that they'll want to stick around as long as the team will have them. Um. You know, I don't. I'm interested to see how Lou handles some of these bigger contracts. I mean, he's handed out some pretty good ones, you know, pretty good size ones to some guys. Uh, so, I, I really hope they can just get it done and we can put this to bed. And, um, yeah, I want to see Barzal on the team as long as possible. Yeah, and he will be. Um, all right, to some real news now. Uh, the other day, I'm I'm sitting at my kitchen table. I'm drinking my cup of coffee, and I'm like, "Oh, what a what a nice morning!" And then it got worse because Doc Emmerich is retiring, and I am not here for it, man. I'm not here for it. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. Look, absolutely deserves it. Congratulations to the best play-by-play announcer in the NHL 
uh, you know, in in the NHL history, in my opinion. Um, he totally earned it. And the last thing I'm going to say about it is, thank God we have Brendan Burke, who is the next best announcer in the league. Don't even at me. Don't question me on it. It's true. He is one of the best. But I believe uh, Butcher Gross on um, ESPN on Ice uh, with uh, Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan mentioned Burke as one of the up-and-coming really great uh, broadcasters yeah. in hockey. So it's something for on their hand on their fans to kind of hang their hat on, and it's a good segue into my thoughts on this, which is, um, you know, just like we are spoiled now with Burke, who now gets to do national games and people uh, get to listen to him. Uh, we were spoiled in the tri-state market for a while. Yeah. Um, although he was doing some, you know, international things here and there while ESPN had um, the rights to like Stanley Cups and and things like that, um, you know. Doc was with the Devils, and we got to hear him whenever we weren't watching an Islander game, or maybe we even watched the Devils broadcast. Um, we love Howie, but maybe we watched it for for Doc uh, when he was doing those games, and he had a lot of fun with Chico Resch uh, back in the day. And um, I almost didn't realize that Doc was around as long as he was. Uh, you know, four decades and some great Islander games. I believe the Easter Epic with uh, Bill Clement. Um, I'm not going to repeat. Part of the video that I saw on online, go check it out. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um. You know, definitely a period piece. Uh, take it for what it is, and don't <laughs> don't do anything more than that. But, um, <laughs> you know, cause he's he's such a great guy, and he always has fun, and um, you know, he's kind of in our memories forever with some of the video games, kind of like those early game early games with uh with Bill Clement and those ESPN 2K games and all that kind of stuff where, and Jim Houston yeah. uh, back in the day, NHL 2002, like, you know, he's kind of forever uh, has his place in uh, a lot of fans' hearts and minds when it comes to hockey. And um, hope he gets to enjoy himself. Him and the dogs and his wife get to hang out and, yeah. um, you know, no pressure. It's yep. a great career, but hope he gets to enjoy himself. Absolutely. I hate thinking about, you know, a world of hockey without doc in it but i'm sure he'll make his you know guest appearance here and there anyway on the occasion that's what i'm thinking i wonder if he does like the winter classic yeah that would or be something cool. like that, that or that would be a just, really good touch yeah just like once a year i mean it would be it'd be interesting to be like yeah i'm retiring Oh, by the way, yeah, the first game of the year, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. Because <laughs> you um, imagine? So maybe, <laughs> so maybe oh, not yeah, this yeah. year, but maybe in the <laughs> back here and there, you know. I'm surprised the Devils haven't been able to bring him back. And maybe they did, and I missed it. Um, no, but it'd be so. cool to kind of have him back on a broadcast here and there and do yeah. some local games. Um, you know, would feel good to be spoiled again. But yeah. Yep. Sorry to see him go, but totally get it. Yeah. Do your thing, man. Absolutely. Congratulations to Doc. And uh, let the era of Burke begin. Uh, <laughs> the NHL. Well, we don't want to lose him from the Islander broadcast. We don't want him to go. That's too true. Soon. Let him. That's let true. him stay with the Islanders for some time. <laughs> you know, uh, him and some guys can get their their time on the national broadcast. But we we want Burke for ourselves. That's true. Yeah, you can't take him from for now. NBC. I mean, to be fair, we want him to have a good career, and if it means he's not with the Islanders anymore, more power to him. That is also um, fair. But so, yeah. Little uh, catch twenty two there. <laughs> the NHL had some jersey leaks come out in the past couple of days. Actually, uh, Ice Ethics tweeted out 
uh, these interesting concepts for both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, um, and supposedly they're official. Um, they're going with this term called reverse retro. I wasn't exactly sure what that means. Uh, after some, you know, dialogue about that, it's really just, you know, a retro jersey that they had with inverse colors. So kind of cool. Um, you know, there was that Pittsburgh one where they used to have the Pittsburgh diagonal down the chest of a black uh, penguin jersey. Um, now it's white and it looks a little updated and a little new. So uh, it's kind of nice. It's kind of cool. And, and same for the Flyers. They had a, a Flyers jersey that used to be white and it's now orange. Um, it's one of the retro, what, what is it? This one of the seventies flyers jerseys or, or later. I, it looks like it's from the Lindros era in the, um, Oh, right. Maybe or the mid, the mid nineties, early two thousands, you know, think, yeah. uh, Roman Czechmonic or John Van Viesbrook, some of these guys, uh, John LeClaire era, um, of the, of the flyers or when they, uh, they lost to the Red Wings in, uh, 96 or 97, um, in the Stanley Cup, um, and then the, yeah, the Pittsburgh one is interesting. They changed the shoulder patches. It looks like um, still still kind of cool. It's weird because they're kind of. It seems like they're picking the Flyers one is pretty general, um, but there were two more that were leaked today. Um, oh, were uh, uh, Anaheim Anaheim Mighty uh, not the Anaheim Mighty Ducks the Anaheim Ducks and the Vegas Golden Knights one that you sent me. Oh earlier. yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Um, the Vegas one I. That's weird. I guess maybe just make a red jersey and call it a day. I don't need to. I don't know that you need to change the crest, but I don't really care. The Ducks <laughs> one, however, Ew. is is interesting because Ew. that was one of those jerseys, kind of like the Burger King L.A. Kings jerseys, <laughs> where you're like, "Are you really like?" It looks like a roller hockey jersey from like. All right, yeah. this is. I'm, I'm doing a throwback here. Anyone that's listening that played at Sports Arena or previously Bulldog out in St. James. Um, it looks like one of the jerseys we would have worn for one of our teams. Um, I'm thinking like, you know, the Raptors or any of these guys, um, the Piranhas, any of, the, any of my friends that are maybe listening that were played on those teams. The old Ducks jerseys. Now, not the traditional Mighty Ducks one. Not even the one from the movie that yeah. they sometimes used with that weird green color and the, the really th- This is like from, all right, this is actually the character from, it looks like from the TV show. If anyone remembers the Mighty Ducks yeah, TV show, of course. that's what this is. That's like what that's this exactly. logo looks like. Yep. Um, and he's like, he's a Mighty Duck, and he's flying away. And um, he's breaking I will say through this, ice, though. John. Breaking through because he's mighty. Anyway, so <laughs> the uh, what I will say is really cool about this jersey is that it is a very different color. For the NHL, the orange is like a cool color. Yeah, I don't love it. This is weird and dumb. It it <laughs> scratches an itch for me for '90s hockey, which I think is what they're doing. They're like all these um, late twenty somethings and thirty somethings and early forty somethings are like, I'm nostalgic. I want the '90s back, and that's what they're doing. And they're gonna sell a ton of these because they need revenue because they're not gonna have fans in the seats, so we can think they're as dumb as we want. But just like the fisherman stuff for the Islanders, um, they're trying to make some money. It's a business. That's okay. We want them to be able to pay guys like Barzell so they can win a championship. So it's fine. Um, what do you think the Islanders jersey is going to look like? I know we we spoke about it on Twitch a little bit. A little Have bit. you had any time to, to think about it and, and 
no settle on anything uh i don't think it's gonna be a fisherman it's not lamorello you know lou doesn't really do the uh you know quirky kind of thing like that um he's not he doesn't follow the trends or anything he, you know he likes his clean looks he likes his um you know basic looks you you know look at look at the devils for however long look at the leafs for ever you know they they never really veered away from what they had so um you know maybe they clean up the fishermen a little bit maybe they make it the fishermen without the waves but you know like you said yesterday if you're gonna do it own it go all out do the waves yeah don't don't change it it's it's a crappy jersey just leave it the same crappy jersey we all love and that's it um yeah i think and and you mentioned this yesterday i wouldn't want them to go to this um but i love the the idea of going with an orange jersey and i think we may have even talked about this previously yeah we did just kind of going with a regular islander jersey and inversing the colors yeah um, having it predominantly be orange and then have white and blue stripes yeah that would be sick um i'm I'm there for that. I I think we've even seen Adidas mock-ups of that. Yeah, we have. Uh, maybe we'll tweet it out or something. We'll we'll have to share it. Um, they looked really good. I really yeah. didn't hate that idea because it's still an Islander jersey. It's just an orange version. It's not like the pumpkin jersey they did in like 2005, six, whatever that era. Right. And they had like the dopey triangles under their ribs or whatever the case is. It was a weird. Um, I don't know, continued just weird time in Ireland's history. And then a few years later, they totally changed the jersey and with all that dopey piping that they had all over it, just like the Sabres. Yep. Um, Reebok did a number on this league, man. Jesus. The CCM jerseys were great <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, they right. just, oof. They, I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't enjoy many of, many of the jerseys. They just tried to do too much. And yeah. I think Adidas is doing a, a little bit better of a job being oh, more yeah, that, yeah. authentic. And genuine, kind of like to the sports and what the fans are looking for. Um, I'll I'll say it again, like the Penguins one's really weird because it wasn't for very long, and I don't know how popular it was. Now it's a Mario Lemieux jersey. Um, Yager was in this jersey. Tom Barrasso was in this jersey. Yeah. It was right after their Stanley Cups, though, so they didn't do anything of substance with it. So there's no pictures of them with the cup. Like I don't think they were particularly good. Um, during that time, by the time the they made it towards the playoffs, and they when Darius Kasparaitis um, scored the overtime goal against the Buffalo Sabers, I think it's like 2000, 2001, and they changed their jerseys again by that point um, to what it was right before their current change uh, when when Crosby came around. So I'm not exactly sure what the thought process is there. It is definitely different. Um, it's simple. I guess it's clean. It's a throwback for somebody. Yeah. They'll probably sell a ton of them. Like I said, that's the point. So who am I? Yeah, I mean, the point, I think the whole point of, you know, getting this fourth jersey in is, you know, it, it, the, the league isn't, isn't selling seats right now. So they need something to sell. And I think that this reverse, you know, jersey trend that they're going with is a step in that direction, sort of like how the NBA has the city edition jerseys and all these other, you know, themed jerseys. I think that's what the NHL is trying to do now, especially since, like I said, there are no uh, fans in the seats and there's no concession uh, money coming in or anything like that. So uh, it's a fun little thing. And, and I think it'll, uh, it'll turn out to be something interesting, something cool uh, to wear on occasion. 
Um, and, I, you know, I'm sticking with it's either going to be uh, an orange jersey of what we already have. Um, maybe it'll be uh, a recolored third jersey that we already have. Maybe a white version instead of the blue. Um, I, I, there's nothing really retro about it. But, you know, I, I don't really know how much more to expect because I really just don't think it's going to be the Fisherman. But time will tell. We will see. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of New York Islanders news. Um, Anders Lee uh, spoke a little bit to the media the other day and uh, started off by saying that he will be coming back to New York fairly soon. Um, I don't know if that really has anything to do with uh, the indication of when the season is going to start or anything, but uh, he did confirm he'll be back soon. Didn't give a time period or, or any dates, but uh, soon is good enough for me. Um was a little disappointed with the Devin Tays trade, but he understands it's a business. Uh, some excitement on Belmont coming from him. Um, you know, there's no more going to be, you know, where are the New York Islanders playing? Are they playing in Brooklyn? Are they playing on Long Island? Well, yeah, they'll be on Long Island. And then, oh, but Long Island just closed its doors uh, at the Nassau Coliseum. And then, no, but they're going back there anyway. It's over. They're playing at Nassau. And then Belmont will be open and all will be said and done with the arena situation. And I can confidently say I'm very happy. I'll never have to talk about that again. Um, Then he got a little bit into the playoffs and he said, there's always going to be this sting. You know, we learned a lot and I think that that sting and that disappointment will never leave. Um, But it's something that we can handle and grow from. And like we've been preaching in order to succeed, you have to fail just so you can learn how to succeed for the next time. So, I think that, you know, they're really going to stick with that mantra this upcoming season. They always stick to something, you know, um, we over me, um, next man up, hit, uh, you know, it, they always have something, prove people wrong. They always have something to play for. And now I think that that, that that might be one of the last straws they need to really get to the show, you know, maybe get to the cup. I, I don't know. Uh, they made some subtractions this offseason. They still need to make some additions, so we'll see how the, the roster shakes out. But the majority of the core is still there, and they all learn, they're all they all going to learn from that situation, especially with Lee leading the group. Um, it's going to be really cool to see how, the, how they come forward with uh, with all that experience that they just got, you know? Yeah, like I said with Barzell, I, you know, there's some unfinished business for sure. Um, so I think they want to see through uh, what, what they've been doing. Um, I'd like to see the Islanders at least make it to game seven of the second round or into the conference finals, uh, for a few years. I mean, think about how long, I don't want it to take as long as maybe the Washington Capitals or, or some of these other teams, but, um, I want to see them be perennial contenders and then, you know, one, two, three years, they make an actual run where they're in game seven of the conference finals a bunch of times and, um, sneaking into the Stanley cup final here and there, you know, I, I want them to be. Um, sustainably good. I don't want it to be a blip. Right. I don't think the last two years were. I don't think that's how they're building this team. But it's it's going to be important for them to you know keep motivating this core, continue to build around them. They have a good size window here. Yeah. They do. Um, yeah. Guys are getting thirty, thirty one, but that doesn't mean that the window is just closed. They that people you know players turn thirty and that's it. They're they're washed up. So um, you know look at someone like. Green, who played an enormous role, um, even the the current Islanders players that are you know turning thirty, I, I think they're still contributing in a, in a really big way. So, um, yeah, I hope the team sticks around long enough. This core that they can actually put it together and everyone stays healthy, 
um, and they add a couple more pieces, and that's all they need. And you know, they're going to need to tweak um, after this upcoming season. So after you know, with the expansion draft, things are going to change a little bit there too. Um, maybe the cap goes up, maybe it doesn't. Uh, teams need to go through another round of RFA's and UFA's and all sorts of things. So um, this upcoming year might not be as exciting. Um, I don't think there's a problem with us making the playoffs unless something crazy happens, but we may not get to the conference final. I mean, you kind of need to be okay with this upcoming year is going to be another crazy 50, 60 game season year. And they might not be able to make the moves right now, but they, they're trying to make sure that they have, they can make moves next year to improve again, to be sustainably good and be a perennial contender. So, um, lovely, love everything that he's saying. Um, he's not, I don't think he's just saying the right thing is he seems like a really genuine person. Yeah, um, absolutely. happy to have him as a leader of the team. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the, my favorite comment came from, uh, when he was asked about the fans waiting for the team at the airport and he was just so excited about it. He said he was ecstatic to see, uh, everybody there. He, t- he said, you know, we take so much pride in playing on the Island and as New York Islanders, um, our fans, they have a ton of pride in, in our team and in our organization that was pretty special for them to take the, uh, the trek out to the airport for us. Uh, that's just the stuff that makes all this so special because we want to do it with everybody. It's not just the guys in the locker room. Uh, it's the island. And we came up a little bit short for everybody. That's what we're building on and looking forward to improving on. So, I mean, that was just the perfect quote to me. You know, he, he's the embodiment of what it means to be a New York Islander. Um, he's the embodiment of, of the New York Islanders. Um, and he's just... He's just, he was picked to be the captain for a reason, and it was the perfect choice. And, you know, he's just simply, uh, in my opinion, he might go down as one of the best captains in Islander history. Yeah, he's led them pretty far in his tenure. And, um, like I said, I think the trajectory can go up quite a bit. Obviously, they still need to win a Stanley Cup, and, um, you know, Getting to Game Seven of the Conference Finals is another step, um, but you know, much like the Oilers seeing the Islanders um, in the '80s and during their last the Islanders' last Stanley Cup in 1983, um, you know, not doing a whole lot of celebrating, you know, having a lot of ice packs, and they walk past the locker room and um, they said, "Wow, that's really what it takes to win." And then next year they go out and um, they sacrifice and wind up ending the Islanders' drive for five. So. Um, these guys are slowly learning. They're almost a full team of guys that have some pretty good experience after the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's something not a lot of teams have. And um, like I said, it can only go up from here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little bit of other news now. You know, I'm, I'm driving the other day and I'm listening to uh, our good friends over at Hockey Night New York. Um, and they had David Pignota of the fourth period on. He is the editor in chief at the fourth period.com, uh, Sirius XM radio. And, um, you know, he had his comments on what the Islanders were doing, uh, as far as this off season, he likes where they're going. He likes the direction that they're going in. He understood the David Tays trade, um, from a, a cap space perspective. Um, you know, he liked the return. It was, it was a decent return. Um, and then he was asked, you know, are they in the market for a, a forward? And he said they're going to have to address the Matt Barzell and Ryan Pollock contracts first. Of course, we all know this. Um, but then he said, you know, when it all shakes out and if and when they trade 
Johnny Boychuk like they anticipate and uh, Leo Komarov like they anticipate, the Islanders should have somewhere between two and three million dollars uh, in cap space to maybe go out and acquire a middle six forward. Um, so he said that he thinks that they're in the market for a middle six forward when the time comes. And he namely, uh, well, he uh, I shouldn't say namely, he named, speak much, uh, he named Andreas Athanasiu and Anthony DeClaire. And, you know, I, I said this last week on the podcast. Um, I, I, I think that Anthony DeClaire just makes too much sense. You know, how do you not kick the tires on an Anthony DeClaire when you already have J.G. Peugeot, who had played a lot of time with DeClaire uh, in Ottawa last season, and you have uh, Derek Broussard, who is in talks to come back on another one-year deal. So, you know, that could just really make a solid third line with DeClaire there. And not only that, but let's say Trotz feels like mixing it up a little bit. Well, DeClaire is 23 years old. Uh, I'm sorry, 25 years old. He had a 23-goal season last season. He's coming off of an all-star appearance last season. Um, you know, he never really found that stability. And if he could just find that stability, you know, maybe give him a one-year deal, to, you know, take it by a trial basis. But he's still, you know, he's 25. He fits the mold for the team. Uh, he has the scoring touch. It's obvious. He could skate with Matt Barzell. He was in the fastest skater competition against Matt Barzell last year. So he's fast. If they want to stick him on the first line, he could. And, you know, they know he knows how to score. So, I mean, a first line of uh, Barzell, DeClaire, and Lee, that, that would be a fast first line. It'd be hard to keep up with them. So I'm kind of here for it. And, it, you know, if the first line doesn't work out, I mean, I absolutely would take a 23-goal scorer on the third line. So, I mean, I'm foaming at the mouth thinking of maybe, you know, having an Anthony-type, Anthony DeClaire-type player on the Islanders. I really think it would be great. Um, and just, let's just say they don't get, take Derek Broussard back. I'm perfectly fine with sticking Oliver Wallstrom there if he, you know, makes the cut. Yeah, that would be, that would really solidify that third line. That would be amazing. And I think a guy like DeClaire can really plug in anywhere in, in the top nine. Yeah. So you can try him out on that first line. Um, you can put him next to Peugeot. They may have maybe skated together. I don't know what the lines were up in Ottawa, but they may have some chemistry together. Um, so that's a thought. Um, so maybe you just you try him there and you keep the, the first and second line together. Um, or you can change it. I think Lee would play well next to, to Peugeot. Um, I think he would offer the same type of uh, help that he does with that Lee does with Barzell. So nothing to say he couldn't do it with Peugeot as well. And the speed on that first line, um, you know, Everlay might look a little slow, but he's got good hands and tight, yeah. and that that's kind of his go-to. But um, Duclair's got a nose for the net. I recently wrote an article that was published um, on on today on Wednesday that had every goal from Duclair's season, and he, he's he's a hard-nosed kid. That um, you know he can he can put the puck in the net and next to Peugeot or Barzell. I mean, if you can pick him up for two and a half mil, um, you got to move some stuff around to make all this work. And you're dumping salaries and this and that, and you got to think of the future. If you can get him on a two to three year at two and a half, I'm, I don't know, man. Even having a guy on your third line, or you know, as I've said multiple times, um, the Islanders have three second lines and yeah. maybe a third line. Right. Um, with the, the way that they just are super balanced, they roll their lines. Um, 
you know, having another 20 goal scorer in the lineup with, you know, so you Peugeot, Duclair, Villiers, Eberle, Barzell, Nelson, um, that there's a lot of guys. Even Lee can 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 get twenty. Um, Lee can get a lot 30. of guys. He 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 could. I I it's got to be deployment. It's got to be specific issue, uh, specific situations. Their power play has to get back on right um, on track there, um, which Duclair can help bolster one or the other units. Um, look, I think Bressard did great on that doing doing that job, but. I think Duclair does an even better job. Um, you do have to replace Taves on there at at some point. You know, I don't know that Dobson can just jump right in. So Letty and maybe and and, and Pulak kind of go yeah. back to that like it was a couple of years ago. Uh, but then you you know Duclair, um, he wants to shoot the puck. He'll shoot from anywhere. Islanders kind of need that um, if they yeah. can hone him in defensively and then get a little bit more um, goal scoring instinct on the team. Um, that would be fantastic. So. Uh, only better if they add someone like that, and he's not expensive. He's in kind of his prime, coming off his you know career year and goals. Man, I I, I think you snatch him up. Um, yeah. If Ottawa doesn't want him, that's that's fine. Um, move the salaries around, make it make it work. Right. Uh, I try yeah. to have patience with Lou. He knows what he's doing, but I don't know, man. I think you got to jump on a guy like yeah, that, no, or you do. You even do. Athanasio. So exactly, you know, if if a guy like Declare maybe doesn't work out, even in Athanasiu would work out really well too. You know, he's very fast. He has a thirty goal season under his belt. Um, he hasn't really had the fortune of playing on great teams. You know, he played with Detroit, and that's where he got his thirty goal season. I believe he was skating with Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha. That's that's a pretty good line. Uh, but you know, as for the rest of the team, they they weren't very deep, so they were always playing against the top lines of other teams, and they were always getting you know the hardest workload. He scored 30 goals. I think Athanasiu would be a great addition. He's extremely fast. I mean, he's almost as fast as, as Barzell. Um, so that that would be another great speed line that, that the Islanders could uh, throw out there if they'd like. Um, and again, if not, he would also slot in pretty well on the third line. So why not try and go after a guy like Athanasiu or uh, Anthony DeClaire? I think they both would fit really well. And like you have often said, uh, the Islanders essentially have three third, uh, second lines. How many teams could you say have three second lines? Yeah, that you're not afraid. That's a playoff team. Being able to roll right. those lines, it fits in well with Tra- Trotz's strategy. Um, yeah, not a lot of teams, you know, a lot of talent falls off after that second line, and you just have checking lines. And um, Pajot's shown he's he's a tough, tough guy. Yeah. Um, even even Lee. So they you know they have people. With some toughness and some grit on on each line, right? Um, Nelson's shown that he can take some abuse. So, uh, and obviously that that third, that the fourth line, whatever you want to call it, um, is is tough as nails. Whether that's with Johnston this year or Matt Martin, um, if he, if he does come back, and that's that everything's kind of paused right now. That was what I kind of that's what I put in my article. Um, the Islanders want to bring in guys like Schneider, which is not official. Andy Green, which is not official, but they are. Um, they want to bring back Martin and <laughs> Broussard, but you know they're all a million dollars, right? Save for Schneider because it'll be an AHL deal, yeah, um, or at least be you know buried in the minors. Um, you still got to find a way to bury Lad, so you put him down there. Whether it's if it's LTIR, that's great, but you don't know that until closer to the season, right? Which 
if if the season starts on February 1st, training camp doesn't start until the middle of January. They're not doing physicals until right before that. So we're not going to know. Um, so news is kind of slow, and I think it'll continue to be slow. If it's January 1st, we're not finding out anything until well after Thanksgiving. Um, but then you got to find places for all this. So even $2.5 million for an Athanasio or Duclair, it's got to come from somewhere. And that means that that takes Broussard and Martin right out. That's two players yeah, that can't come back because right. one guy came in. That kind of makes that complicated. Um Unless you're able to move, a, you know, you move a boy, Chuck. Maybe really, you're able to move Komarov. I don't know. That just gets you the room to get your guys back as far as Barzell, Pulak, right. and well, maybe Duclair. But then do you still want those other guys? You can't bring back Kunakal and um, so here's, here's how I and see Broussard. It. And then Dal Cole could get buried in the A. You know, yeah. you just have too many guys up there. You don't need it, but... It's complicated. I mean, here's how I see it. You know, they're, they're talking about bringing guys like Broussard back and, and uh, Kunakal back. And all the, the guys are talking about bringing back. They're talking about bringing back while also still having the rights to Johnny Boychuk and Leo Komarov. I think that they're actively trying to move both of them. And if you move that $3 million in Leo Komarov, that opens up another $3 million for them to spend on another forward who could be Declare or Andreas Athanasiu. So... Hopefully, it, you know, it happens sooner than later. Uh, it's probably going to happen later. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to go into the next couple of weeks with a bit of a dry spell. So, you know, I, I wouldn't constantly refresh Twitter right now at this point. I think it's pretty safe to say that you could put the phone down and, then, uh, you know, if something happens, you'll hear it from me or maybe you, you know, you'll, you'll definitely hear it from the Staples and, and the, the Comptons, but um I think for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be pretty dry. Um, but once the dominoes start falling, I, I think we'll, you know, we'll finally see what the, what the plan has been all along. There's a reason why the dominoes have uh, been placed, but they haven't fallen yet. You know, we've heard this might happen, that might happen. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, until then, you know, that there's, look, Lou Lamarillo is not sleeping you know, a couple of you have tweeted at me and asked me, is Lou Lamarillo sleeping? No, he's not sleeping. He's working. It's not easy to move that boy truck contract. It's not easy to move that Komarov contract. And yes, he should not have given Komarov that contract to begin with. I agree. But he did. And we're here now and he's trying to move it. And whether you like it or not, he was named GM of the year this year. And there's a reason for that. You know, he he's brought this team back. to. He'll, he'll earn it going into the next season. I'll I say absolutely, that. Yeah. He's he's he was given that title for a reason. He brought this team back to you know being legitimate, being uh, you know they, for the longest time they they were just they were no, nobody. They were oh we're playing the Islanders easy win tonight. It's not like that anymore. It's not like that anymore. This is not your Garth Snow's Islanders. This is Lou Lamorello's Islanders. He's the GM of the year for a reason. Trust the process. Trust in trots. Uh, trust in Lamorello, and I, th- I think you're going to see uh, a, a decent, a decently better lineup next year. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm holding my breath for this upcoming year. I don't really know what what to expect. Um, I want them to be competitive. I think the roster that they had last year was was great. Um, I don't know. You start taking out even just one guy. You know, it's one less player that Trotz can 
um, you know, plug and play whenever there's kind of an issue there. So it's a little scary thinking about that. Maybe even though you don't love Broussard, um, in every single night, it's nice to put him in there when he is playing well and when it's yeah. the right move. Right. You know, we saw that from throughout the playoffs. So it's a little scary thinking about guys that we don't normally think about as being um, key contributors because during the playoff run, they definitely were. Everyone kind of had their moment. Um, you know, even Del Coley does what Trotz wants him to do. So yeah. far be it for me to to judge the kid, you know, that looks like he doesn't know how to handle a puck as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, this Trotz sees something and he's a, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame coach. So, you know, something's got to be right with them and that trust him putting in the lineup. But yeah, we got to um, have a little bit of patience. I don't, you know, is Lou sleeping? No, but no, no one else is making a whole bunch of moves either. Right. You know, teams are being a little bit more careful with their money. Um, they don't know what the revenue is going to look like. So no one's really going to be making moves until they have a better idea of the way things are looking. And the way that the pandemic is trending right now, it's not looking good. So if there was even a, a, a glimmer of hope for, uh, one third of the fans to be or one quarter of the fans to be in stadiums. It's just not going to happen right now the way that it's projected. So um, it'll be interesting to see where, again, it's all about cash. It's all about how it's all going to work and how you're going to be able to pay guys. You can you know, be below the cap. That's almost not the point. Can they pay them? Is there money? Right. You know, you don't right. want to be like the Coyotes where you're late paying bonuses. You don't want the Islanders just scratched and clawed their way out of being a crappy destination. So they're finally becoming a good spot, UBS, blah, blah, blah. But they got to make sure they can pay everybody. And um, Lou doesn't want to handicap the team down the road and make a move now. Um, yeah. So it's something that's going to take some consideration. And um, like we both said, no one else is doing anything right now. So we all just have to sit and wait. Yeah. Practice patience, people. It's uh, it's hard to do, but you're gonna have to, uh, you know, buckle up for a pretty boring ride. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for us this week, John. Uh, thank you to everyone who is listening right now. Thank you to those who listened uh, yesterday on Twitch. We promise those updates will be uh, made for next week, and uh, when you hear us live, it will be a lot crisper, a lot cleaner. Please consider uh, leaving a rate, a review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nassiman Hockey and find all of our work at The Hockey Writers. Uh, and now you can go pick up some Nassiman Hockey podcast merch. Uh, check out our bio on social media for the links and more information on the gear, some really cool stuff. Um, this is Nassiman Hockey Podcast. And until next time, guys, well, let's go. Out of this.